This is Rotten or Righteous News, and today... Look out, all you lycanthropes. There's a lady killer out there. Hello and welcome back to Rotten Righteous News Network, the only weekly podcast that comes out every other week or so. <laughs> Small detail. Uh, I'm Zach Geiler, and with me is my anchor, Scott Judge. I'm a big anchor. I'm a big ship kind of anchor. Uh, I wish I wasn't so tired. I would probably have a comment for that. <laughs> But I am tired. See, if I was if I was used as a small boat anchor and a chain wasn't long enough, I'd sink the boat. That's true. I'm more of a battleship anchor. You're like a you're more like a barnacle. It's just yes. not an anchor. You just kinda stick to the bottom of the ship. You need scraped. <laughs> I tell you what. The truth that's in that statement is just it can't be gotten into. A barnacle. I'd rather be Patrick. Scott, let me give you some personal news. Okay. On why I'm so tired this morning. And I am very tired. Part of the reason is stupid allergies. Mm Mm-hmm. The other part is that even though I knew I had to wake up early today, I have a big day today. I have to finish my chicken coop. I uh, I gotta buy a car. I've got a lot of crap to do today. I'm not. It's a big day. I mean, I'm not joking. Chicken coops and cars. That's what I'm calling today. Chicken coop and car day. I'm gonna coop build it. Car. I'm gonna build a chicken coop and then go buy a sedan. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> Such a, <laughs> it's such a stupid joke. Uh, I love it, though. I've always loved that joke. But anyways, the reason why I'm so tired is because I feel like I've been attacked and targeted. And, uh, and I'm quite offended by it. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Scott, this may come as a surprise to you, but I have severe ADHD. Um, no. <laughs> Now, now, last night, after I got home from Bible study, I was looking on my PlayStation 5 for a new game to play. Just something to, to while away a couple hours, you know, way to decompress at night. And I came across a game, and I said, this will be good for a laugh, and I'll play it for five minutes and never think of it again. Called Lawn Mowing Simulator. <laughs> really? Is this a push mower or a riding mower? No, they're all. Right. You have to work your way up. You, you do have to work your way up from from three basic level uh, riding mowers, but before long, you can afford a zero turn, and you get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
I, I just, just you were up all night, weren't you? Just real quick, I want to uh, tell you uh, just the tagline from uh, from the lawn mowing simulator uh, game. It was released last year, August tenth, twenty twenty one, and it says, "Experience the beauty and detail of mowing the great British countryside in Lawn Mowing Simulator." Oh, wow. The only simulator that allows you to ride authentic and expansive or an authentic and expansive roster of real world licensed lawnmowers from prestigious manufacturers Toro, Skag, and Stiga as you manage your business. Mm-mm-mm. Now, anyone that has ADHD knows that if you have something simple and mindless that requires repetitive action and a base level of concentration. Something like, I don't know, making sure your lawn mowing lines are straight. (laughs) I really wish I would have been there. I really do. You enter into a, uh, or what's known as hyper-focus where everything in the world goes away. And the only thing that matters is making sure your lawnmower lines are straight and that you're getting these lawns mowed within the appropriate time. As you progress through Lawnmower Simulator, you can take out loans uh, for your business and grow it. You can hire some people, get some more lawnmowers in your roster, send them out on jobs. It's all good. Last night about midnight, I said, okay, I'm going to mow one more lawn and then I'm going to go to bed. That's when I unlocked this beast of a Toro Zero Turn. I mean, a beast. It had over an 80-inch deck, and I had an orchard that needed mowed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uno moment. 80-inch deck? Dude, it was 80 inches. That must have been on quite the mower. I mean, that must have been quite the machine. It was intense, let me tell you. (laughs) So I had an overgrown orchard to mow. An hour later, I finished that orchard. 100% of it. It was great. All my lines were so nice. Went around weed-eated the corners that I couldn't reach in my lawnmower and around all the trees. It was beautiful. And then I saw a bigger lawnmower and I said, well, I got to try this out. I'll just do a few lines of this one and then, and then save it for tomorrow. An hour and a half later, (laughs) so basically this game, this game is terrible for me, (laughs) for you. Like, I'm not even joking. So, right now, the only thing I want to do, despite the fact that I have to finish my chicken coop and buy a car today, the only thing I... Sleep! Am, no, no, not even worried about sleep. The only oh, thing you go. I'm concerned about is going back and mowing lawns. I know there's lawns that need mowed. My lawn, my actual physical lawn needs mowed, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to mow my lawn. I have so virtual lawns over... So this this is on like uh, and I just looked this up because like you you have piqued my interest now, but it's like PS4, PS5, Xbox. Yeah, Scott, what do you think I play it? What do you think I was playing it on? A, 
I, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I may I may try to look it up on the app store on my Android. In the end, I uh, I tore myself away from my lawnmowers about four thirty uh, this morning. <laughs> Uh, I almost fell asleep about five when my wife's alarm went off for work, and uh, I did fall asleep until my alarm went off at eight thirty. So, <laughs> you're yelling at the wife. Don't bother me. I just got home. Well, I've been slaving all night on my lawnmower. Well, when I when she when Kelsey uh, got home uh, from church services a little after me. I was mowing the lawn, and she looked at the DV and said, "No, we're not doing this." <laughs> you said, "You, you know what you said? Challenge accepted, honey." Well, she said, "Challenge I'm, accepted." She said, "I am not going to watch you mow lawns. I'm just not going to do it." And so she made me turn it off. But when she went back to bed, oh boy, uh-huh. I had a lawn to mow. What is what is wrong with me? I don't know. You will reach that age though, where you'll be like, yeah, I got to go to bed. No, I am at that age, Scott. <laughs> You're just not listening to yourself. As I was mowing lawns, I was like, I should really stop and go to bed. That's another fun thing about ADHD. You can tell your brain, hey, can we please go to bed? And your brain could say, nah, not right nah. now. We're, we're mowing lawns. You know, I I, I love on, on a on a I guess I don't want to say serious note because it's pretty serious what we're talking about. But I, I mean, it's I love it. it's clearly the most important thing. Uh, well, yeah, well, in my what life else right we now. Got going on? I I love mowing. It's I not love like mowing, I'm... getting on a tractor, getting on a lawnmower. I mean, and just and just mow. It's one of the most relaxing things I find to do. Yeah, but I have, like I said, allergies. So. Yeah. You don't not. I get all this game. I get all the joy of mowing. None of the sneezes. None of the sneezes. Yeah. I do run outside every 15 minutes and just bury my head in the turf and just go (sighs) take a big inhale. So that way I can have the authentic feeling of snot running down my nose and my eyes watering until I die. So that's nearly new news, folks. Yeah. As as you could probably guess, this is a news program. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know listen up man you're going to be able to mow grass all winter long dude the rest of us are going to be cooped up inside just itching to get out and every once be in, in the sunshine and i don't think so uh every once in a while i come across a product in my adhd rattled brain that i i recognize as being uh dangerous to yeah. my mental health and my pro- productivity. And uh, the last game was um, Sudoku on your phone. Mm-hmm. There was a time where I woke up. Joseph was still a baby and I still fed him and took care of him during the day. So at least I had that going for me, which was nice. And uh, there was a day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to play one game of Sudoku and I'm going to get my day started. The next thing I know, seriously, I have very little recollection of that day. The next thing I know, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey's coming home from work. I'm still sitting there playing Sudoku in my underpants. I'm like, what just happened? And I had to delete the Sudoku app from my phone so I could get work done. I feel like Lawnmower Simulator is going to be a a similar one 
or, or similar yeah. to that experience. But, you know, at least I'm cognizant enough to know when something is dangerous. Yeah, you're aware of yourself. But, uh, yeah. Oh, here's... Nearly some, new news. This is actually brand new news. Uh, mm-hmm. It's from today, and I found the article, and I was like, well, I'm going to hate this so much, but Scott's going to love it. And uh, if my news app will ever open up, I'd be more than happy to share this article with you. Right now, I'm just trying to fill the void uh, of, of silence so I don't have to go back and do a lot of editing because I'm very tired, like I said. And plus, if I get my stuff done before th- 4.30, I might be able to mow a little bit. So uh, my, my, my new car appointment's not until, uh, I mean, yeah, my, sparks, yeah. my spark is slowly dying. It yeah. uh, has a bad, oh, I can't even think of what it's called. It's got a bad thing in it. Something or other, yeah. Basically, if so I... What kind, of, what kind of car are you getting? I don't have a clue. Oh. I just need a car. So you may get a coupe. Get a coupe, get a sedan. I mean, no. It's all I'm about not, the doors. I, I know I'm not going to get a coupe because I have Joseph and another small baby for... Scott's wife is a dirty, dirty car salesman. and what? Don't um, say that. It's horrible. I mean, she is just a shyster, if I've ever met one. She will she will rake you over the coals. But... <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> but she sold uh, me and Kelsey our first car. Put us into debt right at the beginning of our marriage. And... Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm you just... You've had that car, what, six years now? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just paid it off this year, so of course it that broke. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we bought this little Chevy Spark. Great gas mileage, fun little car to drive. But when I bought it, uh, Scott's wife, who is a lovely, lovely battle axe, uh, that when I bought it... It's sweet. Uh, when I bought the car, she made me promise. Well, she kind of threatened me, actually. Uh, she said... <laughs> Sounds right. She said, if I ever find out that you put kids in the backseat of this car, I will find you and beat you. Those were her words. And... Yeah. Well, and it's fair, because there is no back end on the Spark. The back mm-hmm. seat is basically on the bumper. So, uh... I, I have a, I agreed to that, and for the most part, except for a few, you know, one-mile trips from the house to church, I have mm-hmm. kept that promise. And even then, those one-mile trips, uh, my son usually just sits up front, and I buckle him in. But, uh, and don't get all, oh, kids should always be in the backseat. Not in a spark. Not in a spark. He is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he is definitely safer in the front seat than he is in the back seat. Um, <laughs> I heard... I heard one time a spark hit a squirrel. The spark was totaled. The squirrel refused medical treatment. It doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, so I kept my promise. But the thing is, we're going to have two kids. We need a second vehicle that can carry around these kids, not just yeah. one. And uh, we need some good good gas mileage for our trips up to Ohio. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. I think, you should get a min- I think you should get a minivan. I think... Uh, you should shut up. Um, <laughs> hey, we'll give you a quick suggestion. Kia Sorento no, or Kia Soul. Not a no, Kia no. Soul. Kia Sportage. I, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, right now I'm looking. 
why am I? Why is this our show? We've talked for sixteen minutes and haven't done a single news story. I know. I well, we've we've missed each other. Well, right now I'm talking. I'm looking. There's a couple of Chevy Malibus on the lot that are 2020s, mm-hmm. low 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 uh, mileage and uh, uh, decently priced. So we'll see. But uh, I'll let you know in four to six weeks what car I bought, listeners, because that's the next time we'll probably do an episode. So. <laughs> He ain't lying. This first article comes from Dan Sneerson uh, from today, October 6th, 2022. Dan Sneerson got up at 6.36 in the morning to post this story just for our... our for our show? For Yep, yeah, that's what it says. Here you guys go. Crits. Oh, by the way, you, Dan. if you're listening to this on iTunes and you haven't given us five stars... I know you're going to feel dirty about it. Please just give us five stars. Thanks. Um, and if you're, you're listening somebody to this, go shower and cleanse yourself. And if you're listening to when this, you're done. if you're listening to this and you're new to the show, why are you still listening to this? We've spent 20 minutes talking about a video game where you mow lawns and buying a car. What is wrong with you? Uh, but if you are listening to this uh, and you haven't hit that, hit that follow button. So, you know, and, in 12 to 9 weeks, uh, whenever we record another show of this weekly podcast, <laughs> you can have access right away. Okay. Apparently, there's a new cable show, or channel, which is why I have never heard of this, because I haven't had cable in a coon's age. Well, uh, I have cable now, so I can watch football. But, uh, unless it's football season, I don't have cable. Um, And this comes from entertainment and the headline is great american family to unleash 18 new christmas movies see the schedule whoopee i was looking at a list last night wondering how many of those we were going to watch but Uh, i think these were on lifetime or something Ah, uh, now we got to watch one. Yes, yeah, we're going to watch. We have to find our victim and make them watch a borrowed Christmas. Borrowed I, Christmas. I know. We will do that, I promise. But I'm not doing any other Christmas movies. Borrowed Christmas is it for the third year in a row. And, you know. No no more Operation, and the way operation our, Christmas Drop. And the way our recording schedule has been working out. That episode where we review uh, uh, Borrowed Christmas for a third time in a row might come out around Valentine's Day. Um, we probably ought to go ahead and do that next. the next time we meet. No. All right. So, Full House Vets, Candace Cameron Burr, and Andrea Barber. Who did they play on Full House? Kimmy and DJ. What or DJ you? and Kimmy, according to the yes. order you gave. Uh, are among the stars on the network's Yuletide Slide, plus the gift of Gladys Knight. <sighs> the gift of Gladys Knight. Do great, tell more. Great American Family isn't taking very long to turn television into a Yuletide hellscape. Nope, nope, that's not what it said. <laughs> oh, I think I fell asleep there a little bit. Isn't taking very long to transform itself into a Christmas movie factory. The cable network, which just happens to be run by former Hallmark Channel chief Bill Abbott who gets his man card revoked forever for what he has unleashed upon this world in a plague of red and green terror, 
announced oh, humbug. on Thursday that it's churning out 18 Yuletide films. And all three or all 18 of them share roughly the same plot. In uh, just the second year of its rebrand, trailing only Holly Jolly Giants, Hallmark, and Lifetime in terms of holiday flick volume. Why, why doesn't... Why doesn't Halloween get this kind of attention? How come you never see like, oh, Hallmark's putting out uh, 37 Halloween-style movies? She's a girl who inherits a pumpkin patch, but she's a big city lawyer, and she comes to the out to the country <laughs> where she meets Mr. Right. But is he Mr. Right now? Come out and find out with Romance in the Pumpkin Patch. Hallmark on Wednesday at 7 p.m. This is great. She inherits a pumpkin patch. I mean... <laughs> you know, if anybody would ever listen to our show, then they would have a great idea for a movie there. The onslaught of fresh merriment will commence on October 22nd. You know, that's when I start thinking about Christmas. October 22nd, before Halloween. Ugh. I'm sorry. I, I literally just vomited in my mouth a little bit. With the Black Friday-themed Destined at Christmas. And feature at least one new movie per week through December 18th. Danica McKellar. Mariette Patterson. Jill Wagner. Daniel Lissing. Cameron Matheson are among the struggling stars returning from last year's slate, which consisted of 12 Yuletide films, or 13 if you count two episodes of When Hope Calls that played as a movie, which of course I do. Uh... <laughs> Among the recognizable faces from Hallmark, the great American family has recently lured away as Candace Cameron Burr, the actress, headlines one film. Candace Cameron Burr presents a Christmas present. See, I, I, always, I always loved her. I'll probably have to watch this. I bet you will. I mean, I feel, I feel obligated. I mean, I would, but I'm going to be too busy mowing lawns. And serves uh, as an executive producer of another, Christmas on Candy Lane, which stars her former Full House castmate, Andrea Barber. Meanwhile, Gladys Knight is one of the stars of I'm Glad It's Christmas, which is somehow titled I'm Gladys, or somehow not titled I'm Gladys It's Christmas. <laughs> Gladys oh, Christmas. boy. Elsewhere, there are fake boyfriends, a drive-in in Jeopardy, and exes reconnecting while stranded during a snowstorm. So, let's go through some of these movies while I just... Ugh, I hate... <laughs> I hate everything about this show. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. What I don't get is, literally, they all have the same story. I know. All of them do. Every single one. Even Christmas in Mississippi, which had a magical Santa Claus at the end, still had the same, the same story. story. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, dear listeners, go back to our catalog back when we reviewed movies and find the episode called Kringle McChristmas Tree. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Tinsel McChristmas Tree, actually. Tinsel, it was, yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh. 
So this one, this have is their... you got, Have you got your tree up yet, by the way? No. And I doubt I will have a tree up anytime soon. Yeah, I understand. My, my second son is due the first week of December. Christmas may not yeah. be coming in our house. <laughs> it's trippy. There's a there's a Christmas there's a Halloween Christmas movie right there. Daddy, why why didn't my house? Why didn't Santa come and bring me presents? My youngest son Joseph asks. Guess you weren't good enough. Guess you got to help out the baby more. <laughs> maybe if you change. Uh, you're, maybe you're if not you, changing diapers, son. If you change some diapers, Santa might come. <laughs> good stuff. Good, good stuff. Christmas makes me f- wish I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas makes me wish I was Jewish. Um, all right, so destined at Christmas, Kim and Theo meet amid Black Friday shopping madness. There's a definite spark between them. When a power adages causes some panic at a store, the couple gets separated. With Christmas coming, there should be plenty of distractions, but neither Kim nor Theo can forget the other. Both yearn to find each other, but how? With so little information to go on. It'll take a little Christmas magic and destiny to break them back together. Oh, you know what? I bet in the end, though, everything works out. Christmas comes, lots of presents, and it's just holly, jolly, jolly. We did one one good Christmas movie in all of our two years of reviewing Hallmark Christmas movies. Slash Is that the ghost? Yes. Is that the ghost one? Yeah. The ghost was, one it's was funny. Good. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. And if you want to listen to that review, it's uh, titled, the episode is titled, you guys want to talk about mustaches for about 20 more minutes. So. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> hey, I still contend Operation Christmas Drop was good. No, I, I, me and Luke both. Okay, we're not, I'm not going over what we have reviewed in the past. Come on, I'm trying to snag you in here. Then we have My Best Friend's Christmas. When a woman returns home to find her ex in a relationship, she enlists her best friend to act as her fake boyfriend for the holidays. Oh, Oh, I bet they fall in love. What in the world? My favorite Christmas tree, which premieres November 20th, 8 p.m. Yeah. Kyla is a skilled genealogy researcher who's made a thriving business of putting together family trees. When she comes across new information regarding her mother's mysterious extended family, Kyla and her sister travel to the charming town of Conifer. Seriously? <laughs> Conifer? Conifer. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That in and of itself ruins that movie. Kyla and, her, Kyla and her sister travel to the charming town of Conifer, hoping to put together the, or piece together their ancestry. The search leads Kyla to a generations-old Christmas tree farm. It's stubborn, handsome owner and potentially love. You turn that Christmas tree into a pumpkin patch, I already wrote it. <laughs> you just did. Huh. 
here's the dumbest named movie that they're going to put out. I'm glad it's Christmas. I was too when I was five. An aspiring Broadway singer is convinced to participate in a small-scale production for a local Christmas celebration. Along the way, she finds hope and unexpected mentorship towards her dream career. But will her professional success come at the cost of her chance at love? No, it won't. (laughs) It won't. Because if one thing Hallmark movies teach me is that women should not have careers and they should give up any kind of professional advancement for that high school boyfriend that came into your life five days before. Because it's Christmas! Uh, your successful law firm in L.A., forget about it. You're a doctor in Sacramento, let it go. Have a small-town doctor When will office. this ever... Okay, Big Box Christmas. That's a working title, by the way. Uh, premieres December 9th. Two exes finally reconnect when a snowstorm leaves them stranded in a superstore without cell service or Wi-Fi just before Christmas. You know, you know when the storms are coming. They didn't, they waited too long to go out and get their milk and bread. Well, not only that, but what superstore do you know is in the middle of rural nowhere that has no cell phone service these days? None. Exactly. It's dumb. None. You know what? This news story is brought to you by the guy that wrote the Tums jingle, because everything I just read was dumb, da-dumb, dumb. Um. Dumb. <laughs> to sum up what Zach's trying to say, folks, it's stupid. It's just ignorant. All right, we're half an hour into our program. We've read one story. Um, this isn't really a news story, but I read through some of the comments and I loved it. Uh, it's for an Amazon product, actually. Mm-hmm. For ninety nine dollars and seventy eight cents on Amazon right now, you could buy a two hundred foot. Double track heavy duty laced Parker truss bridge kit that clearly says underneath it that it's 28 and a quarter by four and three quarters inch. Uh, now, I don't know if these people were being serious or joking in the comment section, but I enjoyed all of them. And uh, I just want to share some of the top reviews. And it's for it's for a bridge? Yeah, it's it's for a model bridge for a train set. Okay. That's modeled after a two hundred foot truss bridge. Okay. Um Sean E wrote and gave it four stars. It's actually a model. Our mayor bought this for our town scenic rail tour after the old bridge was deemed unsafe from a bad storm. This turned out only to be a model, not a real two hundred foot bridge. <laughs> Evan W. wrote and gave it five stars on July 4th, 2021. Ordered without realizing this was a model bridge, I intended to use it to help my GEAC 6000 CW get over a rather large ravine on my property. Imagine my disappointment when one small box arrived and I realized I made a terrible mistake. Now my 100 tons of coal won't make it to market on time. Not the retailer's (laughs) fault. I didn't read the description more carefully. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, it is because I heard what you said about the inches, but the what what I heard most is what you said in the very beginning about the bridge. Anyway, I may have ordered that myself. I dodged a bullet. Uh, it's very, very funny. Um, uh, this is from Marathoner29, a three-star review. I would not recommend this product. You'd be better off building your own bridge from scratch. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. You want some really, really, really old, nearly new news? Uh, yes, I do. I was researching for a, uh, a sermon, which can be found on Pleasant Hill Church of Christ's uh, Facebook page. It's called uh, Bald Head and Bears. Um, mm-hmm. A pretty good sermon. Uh, all things considered, even though that the, the main thing that many from my congregation got was, is that actually in the Bible? Um, mm. Yep. True story. It sure is. But I was looking for stories of the, the biggest overreactions in history, and uh, I came across an article on Ranker.com uh, that tells about the 14 biggest overreactions, and I'm not going to re- read all of these, but uh, my, my favorite, the one that actually made it into my, my lesson, was uh, a stolen bucket kick-started a war that took the lives of 2,000 people. The stolen bucket. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you do you do you remember when this happened? Remember, no, because no, it was in thirteen twenty five. Do you remember telling me about when your grandmother kicked the bucket? Yeah, she said how far do can you I kick this bucket? S- yeah. 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 Not very far. She broke her toe. It was really sad. Um mm-hmm. The so called war of the oaken bucket was one flashpoint in the larger conflict between medieval city states on the Italian peninsula. In 1325, as the story goes, soldiers from Modena snuck into Bologna and stole the town's water bucket. The theft bruised Bologna's ego, and conflict ensued between the two city-states, whose relationship was already strained thanks to ongoing conflicts. And uh, the bucket's still in Medina, so they never gave it back. (laughs) Yeah, uh, have you ever heard about the, the Great Emu War in Australia? The Emu War of Australia. Mm-hmm. No, I have not. Well, after World War One, Australia doled out plots of land in Western Australia to veterans, expecting the men to become farmers. But the prevalence of around 20,000 emus made the veterans-turned-farmers' job difficult. The big birds ruined crops and fencing. In response, Australia went to war against the emu in 1932 though the government pulled out all the stops and even sanctioned the use of machine guns, the emu persisted. The emu war ended in defeat for Australia. Stop it. How does the emu defeat a machine gun? I don't know, but the next time somebody points to Australia and says something about their gun control policies, I'm going to point to this and be like, well, they shouldn't be trusted with guns because they couldn't kill a big bird. They couldn't kill an emu. Could you imagine having an emo oh. emu laying out on your table for Thanksgiving? No, but I had an emo laying on my table for Thanksgiving. It was very awkward. I asked uh-huh. them. I asked them to get up, and they said, "What's the point? Everything's it dark." Doesn't matter. It was basically Eeyore. How in the world? <sighs> That's horrible. It's just. It's just horrible. Did you know that an American farmer shot an Irish man's pig and inadvertently ignited the Pig War of eighteen fifty nine? No. Yeah, it, it sounds f- familiar to the Hatfields and McCoys, though. Though the Oregon, well, I guess they didn't 
shoot the pig. They ate the pig. He still had to kill the pig, Scott. Yep. I mean, not technically. I've eaten a pig without killing it. Uh, I do that pretty much every dude, every time I eat a dude, pig. Do uh, tell. Well, I went to the supermarket and bought some pork chops and went home and ate them. I didn't kill. Uh-huh. That. I didn't kill that pig. No, you didn't. Someone else did. But you ate that pig. Oh, I ate it. It was scrumptious. Uh-huh. I use shake and bake. I get them really thin pork chops. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, mm, that little, is good. Little sauerkraut, mashed potatoes, and some corn on the side. Oh, now I'm yep. hungry. Now I want to mow lawns and eat. And um, eat. Though the Oregon Treaty fixed the United States-Canadian, then under British rule, border, the two countries each claimed ownership of San Juan Island, which is confusingly in Canada. You'd think San Juan Island would be down south, not up north, but mm-hmm. learn something new every day. That conflict came to a head in 1859 when an American farmer on the island shot a pig that wandered onto his property and helped itself to its produce. I bet you, if you just asked that pig if he could, you know, have some of his apples, the pig would have shared. You didn't have to shoot it, take its produce away. Yeah. yeah. There's, There's I, other ways to resolve conflict. See, in my mind, I just see this cute little pig walking through the woods with a basket full of apples and pears and some ears of corn. And just, you know, he, he was a little pig that went to the market. And uh, he was coming see, home. See, I see him with... I see him with an apple in his mouth on a spit, spit, spit. How do you say that? It's weird. Is every time I see you eat an apple, that's the image that comes into my mind. I tell you right now, that's a lie because you've never seen me eat an apple because <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Trust me, we know. Uh, the pigs. <laughs> I do like applesauce. <laughs> No, you don't. Applesauce is a necessity, not not a like. <laughs> uh, th- oh. Thanks, Wilford Brimley. That moment it was brought to you by Wilford Brimley and the Applesauce Council reminding you, if you're feeling a little bit diabetes-y, eat some applesauce. You'll probably feel better in a minute or two. Hey, they've got unsweetened. It's the way to go. Who needs doctors or insulin when you have applesauce? Uh, the pig's owner, an Irishman working for the British company, demanded justice. But he was not British. The American farmer protested. And the issue soon spiraled into an international conflict. Both the Americans and the British mobilized their troops on the island, but peace prevailed in 1872. Germany intervened and decided that the land should go to the United States and the British back off. You know what? Whenever there's an international, what? whenever there's an international <laughs> incident, it's so good that Ger- Germany just comes and and takes care of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem in the first place. Though you don't mess the Irish. I mean, apparently you can because this dude shot an Irish man's pig. The Irish man got mad. Germany came over, was like mm, nine, and gave Ireland to America. And Britain's like, I right, whatever. Great, I forgot about this news story. I've had news stories just sitting in in my folder for for weeks. I completely forgot this one existed. This one comes from September 14th, 2022. And it's by Don or Danielle Wallace from Fox News. And the headline reads, Werewolf killer who stabbed stranger 50 times poses as easygoing adventurer on dating apps post-release. What? The werewolf killer is out of prison and looking for love. And he kills with a knife. 
A Virginia man who stabbed a stranger more than 50 times, allegedly believing that his victim was a werewolf, made an online dating profile upon his release from a psychiatric facility, describing himself as an easygoing adventurer who recently got back from, quote, two years of travel, according to a report. So that's what they're calling it nowadays. <laughs> Pankaj Basin, dubbed the werewolf killer, was found not guilty by reason of insanity in 2019 after allegedly stabbing Brad Jackson, a 65-year-old store manager and a complete stranger, more than 50 times in Alexandria, Virginia, during what the defense argued was a psychotic break. He was... Yes, thank he was committed. Why, dude? You had the perfect opportunity here for your dating profile. Be like, just got out of a long-term committed relationship, and <laughs> that's true. I mean, that man wasn't any. I mean, he's he he is the epitome of commitment. Just got out of a committed relationship. It tied up a lot of my time. Um, I felt like I was in a prison with her, really, and I'm just trying to play the field for a little bit. Been wanting to get out for several months now. I feel like, you know, it's time for the straight jacket to come off. And I, 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 <laughs> I, just, I feel like I'm surrounded by walls. You know, you oh, can live my. your life in a padded cell, or you can get out and try to meet some new people. That's good stuff. Maybe we'll hit it off and I'll become crazy for you. Um, he, he was committed. Crazy. He was committed and spent the past three years at a mental health facility. But now prosecutors are raising concern about his online activity post-release. WRC-TV reported. In a recent court filing, prosecutors included a screenshot. A screenshot of Boston's Facebook dating profile, arguing that the man and accurately represented himself as a, quote, easygoing adventurer who believes in universal connection, who is recently getting back from two years of travel. Uh. You know, Zach, technically, technically, well, that's not a lie. He believes in universal connection, and that's why he stabbed and killed a man? Yes. Okay. Um. Boston Sutton was granted a conditional release from the mental facility in June under the terms that he take medication, wear a GPS monitor, and always walk around with a silver bullet, just in case. <laughs> I'd say there were some flaws in that discharge planning. And gets home visits from mental health workers. The new filing comes as part of the prosecutor's request that the release conditions be extended to bar Basin from using social media or require software to allow those overseeing his release to monitor his post. Because the acquittee may be meeting potential romantic partners, while not only concealing, but actively lying about his recent history, those individuals may be put at risk during a time when the acquittee is first transitioning to the community. The motion says, according to WRC-TV, Basin has since been wiped clean after one woman first sounded the alarm earlier this month 
commenting with details of Jackson's gruesome murder as a word of caution for those of us on dating apps. What is that? He's been wiped. Did he take a bath? Boston took a bath. Once one woman was like, hey, you, you stabbed that guy. Um, <laughs> Another woman. But I'm now cleansed. Another woman, Sarah Bryan, who was Jackson's friend, shared the warning and told WRC-TV that she's heard from other women who have seen Boston's profile on Bumble, on Hinge, on other sites. So even if one gets taken down, there's nothing to say he won't make another profile. Look out, all you lycanthropes. There's a lady killer out there. I want to tell you a little bit of vintage news from the website, thevintagenews.com, and writer (laughs) Steve Pallas from July 31st, 2018. And the headline reads, The Order of the Pug, Secret Society Whose Members Wore Dog Collars. Hmm. Now, Scott has a pug. And he kind of looks I like do. and he kind of looks like a pug. So uh a little bit this this might be right up his alley. This this might hit home. Freemasonry, also known as those guys in weird hats that walk in parades, first became official <laughs> in 1717 and is a well-known yet also highly secretive brotherhood. While the organization has made a conscious effort in opening its doors to the media in recent years, the details of their ceremonies have been kept under wraps. With all the pomp and ceremony associated with Freemasons, it's easy to think of them as fanatically religious. However, despite their mystical symbols and rituals, the subject of God is actually downplayed. The CBS News article, or a CBS News article from 2013, quoted Masonic historian Brent Morris. He saw Freemasonry as largely separate from religious fervor and a brotherly alternative to the bitter conflicts being fought between groups such as Catholics and Protestants. So, when the Freemasons were formed, they said, here's a group of men that agree that God is central in their lives. They can even agree that God compels them to do good in the community. Then they can shut up after that. It was a radical concept. The men could get together and agree that, or agree on that fundamental level and then get on with their lives. This certainly wasn't the place for non-believers, with atheists shown the door. Even so, the Catholic Church were not impressed. They saw the fraternity as a possible breeding ground for dangerous political thought. And in 1738, Pope Clement XII banned Catholics from joining the Freemasons. He did this through a decree called a papal bull, which he always gives after his morning paper, papal bull after he has his coffee. Uh, the name, the name, <laughs> he also does it out in the woods. Um, the name comes from the trend. <laughs> does a papal bull in the woods? Yep, he does. The name comes from the traditional lead seal used on documents, but the animal connection is important. That's because in the same year, a collective referring to itself as the Order of the Pug was formed. What was the Order of the Pug? It was devised by Clemens August of Wittelsbach, 
the Elector of Cologne, and in essence comprised of a group of Freemasons in Germany who tweaked the format to facilitate their now forbidden activities. The image of the pug was chosen for its qualities of loyalty, trust, and steadfast characters, which is three things I think of when I see a pug. No, the only thing I think of is, oh, look at that little cutie bug. <laughs> they are loyal and protective. Oh, yeah, but that dog ours is ridiculous. But they won't protect you, Scott. They're I'm, too small to do much. Oh, I'm pretty sure if anybody really wanted to get at you in your pug attack, just one swift kick. They'd be, yeah. Anyways, they chose a pug because of its loyalty and trust and character, blah, blah, blah. All things would, that would come in handy when defying the wishes of the Pope. The canine connection went beyond a name. In order to become a member, or mop, which is German for pug, you had to talk the talk as well as walk the walk. And by walk, they meant getting down on all fours with a collar fastened around your neck. And those that wanted to be let in would paw at the entrance before being let in and woofed at by the assembled frat. In addition to carrying a pug medallion, there was also the small matter of kissing a dog's behind. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it belonged to a porcelain um, pooch rather than a real one. The order's methods were eccentric in some ways, but surprisingly progressive in others. Women were allowed to be part of the organization as well as men. On the website, the Masonic Trow, the Mopses are described as an androgynous, both sexes order. One which admitted females to all the offices, except that of Grand Master, which was held for life. There was, however, a Grand Mistress, and the male and female heads of the order alternately assumed, for six months each, the supreme authority. Going back to the subject of the porcelain, uh, the UK's National Trust col- or Trust Collections lists a piece under, or a piece called the Lady of the Order of the Pug, or Dom von Mopsorden! <laughs> sculpted by Johann Joachim Candler around 1745. In her arms, in her arms is a pet pug with a pink collar, while another in a blue collar, partially hidden by the woman's ball, really big skirt, uh, worn over a pannier, relaxes at her feet. The figure of the lady was commissioned by Princessin von Hertford. Uh, Princess Henriette Amélie of Annault de Sau in 1720-93, an unmarried mother who had been exiled to a religious foundation for noble ladies at Hereford at the time, or and at the time was Canadiness of Hereford. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, the, 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 the pugs were said to die out as attitudes toward Freemasonry changed. Through, or though some accounts claim they carried on into the early 20th century, maybe the appearance of being defunct is a masterstroke on part of the order, and that even now they could be crawling around on the floor, barking out future plants. I want to be a member of the Order of the Pug. I do. I want to be known as a mop, a moppy pug, a moppy pug boy. Hey, guess what? What? Our show's over. Um. <laughs> It's been a good one. No, it hadn't. It hadn't been a good one. And it hasn't made your day any better. But it could have been worse. For example, 
Thank you to Michael Farquhar's Bad Day in History, a gleefully grim chronicling of bad days in history for every day of the year. Uh, I can tell you about this day, October 6th, from the year of our Lord, AD 23. History is rich with stories of valiant men and women who have lost hope. Nevertheless, stared down certain defeat and death with defiant final stands. Wang Mang, the first and only <clears throat> emperor of China's Xin dynasty, was not one of them. Confronted with an Wang Mang, Wang Mang, uh, confronted with an overwhelming rebellion early in the first century, Wang Mang opted not to fight. Rather, he retired to his harem, and according to some historians, got blissfully stoned. In his drug-induced stupor, the once energetic and engaged reformist emperor lolled about with his wives and concubines, consorting with magicians and conjuring up trippy names for his army commanders, like the colonel holding a great axe to chop down withered wood, or the general for whom Jupiter rests in the sign of Shin with the assistance of the watery element. Perhaps it was better that Wang Mang's mind was too clouded to really contemplate his inevitable end, which turned out far more grim than he might ever have imagined. After the rebel army stormed his palace on October 6th of AD 23, the emperor was cut into pieces with his head on display in a public market. There, it was pelted with rocks and garbage, after which someone tore out the tongue and ate it. Good night, everybody! Oh! (laughs) And who was the bad day for? Everybody wang-mang tonight. Everybody Everybody have some tongue tonight. That's right. You know what they say, wang-mang, bada-lada-bing-bang. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, wang, bang, bada, lot of bing, bang. This month, the one, the one, just news, let me, nerd.